Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Today, I'm going to invite Sandy Poe over to join me here on the stage, and she's going to share for just a few moments before I preach this morning. But Sandy has been a missionary to the Dominican Republic for the last 10 years. Our church has been uh, supporting her from the inception of our church. And I just want to say a couple of things about her. Yeah, I mean, we can clap. Praise God. And I have permission to share all of these things, but Sandy has been doing youth ministry for 55 years. 55 years. Last week, I talked about how ministry, volunteer ministry, vocational ministry is all about legacy. And she was sharing with me this week the number of people that went through your children's ministry and went through youth ministry who are now serving as missionaries and evangelists and pastors. It's amazing. The faithfulness for decades, the fruit that has come uh, from that. And so at 65 years old, you said youth ministry for the last, she was doing youth ministry in a church for 30 years, y'all, three decades. She was a youth pastor in a church in Northwest Iowa. And at 65 years old, you said, you know what, my first career is over. I'm ready for a second career. Teenagers in Iowa weren't challenging enough. She said, let me go to the Dominican Republic and learn a new language and continue to do youth ministry there where you've done that for the last 10 years. And now at 74 years old, October, you'll be 75. You're saying, God, you're not done with me yet. And I just love it. I love the faith that's within you that's just willing to go and do whatever God's asking you to do. And so she's stepping into a new assignment where she'll be moving back to Iowa and will be a specialized chaplain to victims of sex trafficking. And so, Sandy, I just want to say we're proud of you. We honor you today. We're so grateful for your faithfulness to God through these years and for your willingness to step out in faith into this next season. Would you join me in welcoming her as she shares for a few moments about what God's calling her to do? Thanks so much, Sandy. Well, I've been having the time of my life in the Dominican Republic, uh, living my dream. When God gives you a dream, you don't lose it. Right. You keep it in your heart and you keep it alive. Um, it took me 53 years to get to my country because I was called at the age of 12. And I've kept it there ever since. And uh, when my husband passed away, I knew exactly where I was going to go. And, well, not the, the country, but I knew it was going to be the Caribbean because that's what God said. You're going to go to the Caribbean someday. And uh, I spent the last, um, well, the first six years in Santo Domingo, which is the capital. I spent the last four years in, uh, on the island in the fourth largest city, La Vega. I've been in my element teaching um, Bible in the Christian schools. And one of the neatest thing is... When I got there and started teaching, and, and I asked one day, how many of you go to church? Hardly any of them did, just a couple. And I go, whoa, do I have a harvest field? And uh, it was, it's great. It was wonderful. So I planted, watered, harvest. I have numerous times where teens came up to me afterwards and still do and say, I want to accept Jesus. I want what you have. 
and uh, it's wonderful being able to lead them to the Lord. We also have a church service on campus uh, the, of this, the Christian school called The Bridge. And uh, the last Sunday before I left to come here to the States, I shared a message, and um, there were five students that accepted Christ. And I also realized from Debbie, who I am under because I'm a missionary associate, because I guess uh, I'm wild at my age or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, uh, I'm an associate, and uh, so I've given my heart to that, and Debbie says to me, do you know how many kids we had in Bridge today? And I said, no. She said, 60. So it's climbing, and uh, amen. <laughs> well, as you know, you're never too old to become a mis uh, missionary, but you're never too old to be a youth pastor. Um, being that I was in the States in Inwood, Iowa, if you know where that is, that's where I was. And uh, it's I, in the Dominican Republic, I am a youth pastor in a church plant. Started out with five in just a Sunday school and then moved to having tr uh, youth on Wednesday nights. And uh, we're up to 30, 35, whatever. And God is good. Um, we took the uh, 20 of them. Well, we took 20. We didn't take all of them. And I may have said that. I probably lied in the first service. Um, anyway, uh, 20 of them um, to Easter camp. And it was four days of camp. And during that time, well, kids don't go to camp there. Uh, it's too expensive, $65. And to them, that is uh, 350 or 40. 400. So, so uh, out of that group, there was three that accepted Christ and three that were filled with the Holy Spirit. So I praise the Lord for that. Um, I also kind of find out where I am. Okay. Uh, my other compassion is uh, ministering with our Haitian church schools. We have 14 Haitian church schools. And um, I'm in the Compassion Inn. We supply food, clothing, um, whatever there is a need. Uh, but the biggest thing that I'm a part of is every Christmas, I raise money for Christmas presents for all 825 students. And for years, we gave them these little rinky-dink things. And last year, I said, no, we're going to make their eyes pop and uh, raise $7,500 uh, from five churches in Iowa, and uh, I went to the store, bought them, but then you buy 825 presents, then you have to wrap them, so we had to wrap them, and, uh, which was fun, but the, the countdown was the best. We hand out the presents, everyone has it, and we go one, two, three, everybody open, and it's bedlam, and it's awesome, and the smiles on their face is worth everything. Now, many of you follow me on Facebook, or you should or could. Uh, I know many do. Uh, actually, I'm one of these that you know what I'm doing daily. Uh, so many who follow me know that I rescued one of my teen girls out of prostitution. Um, her mother was using her to make money, and she's now, well, I went into the house and pulled her out. And uh, somebody said, wasn't that scary? I said, no, I, either I'm stupid or bold, <laughs> which 
whatever. Okay. Um, so anyway, praise God, she's now in, uh, in Konani, which is our equivalent or your equivalent of uh, uh, social services. And she's being schooled and, and helped and hopefully healed. So pray for Iriani. I thank you for being on my team. I wouldn't be able to stay in the Dominican Republic if it wasn't for you. Several months back, the Lord was trying to get my attention. But because of my great love for my country and people and the amount of time it took me to get there, I was refusing to listen. And it was about a year ago. And uh, I, just, I just, certainly you're not asking me to do that. I'd say that over. Certainly you're not asking me to do that. But finally I surrendered. And, uh, but God. And um, he's making me very clear to me that I'm going to transition to a U.S. missionary, working with the traffic and abuse, uh, restoring and helping them to heal. Um, the girls' home in the capital uh, is what brought me to the Dominican Republic in the first place. And I worked in that girls' home, uh, street kids, uh, uh, some that were taken out of um, trafficking and so forth. So it, it's a love of mine. It's a passion of mine. And, uh, but I was taken out of the capital and put into another smaller place. But then he gave me one. So God is good. Um, passion to heal, mentor, and restore, and disciple those who are victims is the cry of my heart. And I still, I have had an interview. I am now, they, he actually, which surprised me, he commissioned me right there on Zoom and prayed for me. And uh, wow, the Holy Spirit was there. And I just praise the Lord. Um, I have four wonderful months left to continue my ministries. And October 1st, on my birthday, I'll be 75, and I'm leaving the Dominican Republic. So um, also, um, I know God's in control, and I'm asking for your prayers during this transition. Because I know I, I get sort of attached, which is not good. But it's good, but it's not good. You know, you know what I'm saying. And uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be difficult for me. But I will be living and ministering in Iowa, probably near Ames. Uh, there's a ministry called um, Wings of Refuge. And there, I understand somebody just told me out there the Lutheran Ministries has something really going on. So this transition will not be easy, but I know God is in it. And he has blessed me, taken care of me. And I don't know why, but he gives me favor. And somebody tells me, it's because you're faithful. And that's what he does when you're faithful. When you hear him and are obedient, then he's going to give you, he's going to give you presence. And he has done that. So he's working in me, through me, to God be the glory. Isaiah 42 says, I am the Lord, I've called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord. That's my name. I'll not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Pastor. Thank you so much, Sandy. We want to pray for you. 
this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness and, again, just your willingness to step out into the unknown and just be obedient to what God's asking you to do. Would you stretch out your hands this morning? Can we just pray for her? God, we thank you so much for Sandy. We thank you for what you've done in her life, for the call that you've placed upon her life, and for the decades of faithfulness and fruitfulness. Lord, as she dreams ahead to this new assignment that you've opened the door for, God, I just pray that the, uh, the remainder of her ministry will be so much more fruitful than the previous. And so, God, the previous was tremendous, but that's just what we're praying over her, is just for increased fruitfulness in this season, we ask for favor that you would guide her when it comes to a house and ministry and all of these things. Just open up the right doors. Give her the strength to finish strong in the Dominican Republic. And we pray that even in those four months that there would be more people that would come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sandy. Let's one more time express our appreciation to her. Well, it has already been a phenomenal morning, and I believe that, that God wants to speak to us even more. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Sandy has a table right outside these doors where she has these prayer cards. We'd encourage you to grab some and uh, put them on your refrigerator, put them somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis and be praying for her. Thanks for turning to Hebrews chapter 10. It's also uh, going to appear on the screen here in a few moments when we get ready to read that. Uh, a, a few Last year, my wife and I visited the Village Church in Dallas, Texas, and Matt Chandler was preaching this series called Unearthed. And in the message that we heard him preach, it was just powerful, and I just thought, this is a message that our church needs to hear. And as I listened to the whole series, I just knew that this was a word for us. And so what we've done through this series is I've taken his messages and personalized it for our context here uh, for our church. If you've missed any of these messages, I would encourage you to listen online at crosspointwaverly.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube and, uh, and, and catch up and catch those that, that you've missed. Over this series, we've been looking and answering the question of who we are. And ultimately, we're human beings. All of us have dignity and value as human beings. And then the next layer of identity is either we are a child of God or a child of wrath. And the distinction has everything to do with what we do with the work and the person of Jesus. So if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we've confessed our sins to him, then we are followers of Jesus and children of God. If we've not done that, then we're children of wrath. And I would encourage you today, if you're a child of wrath, to not leave here the same way that you came. But instead, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to do a deep work in your heart that you would become a follower of Jesus today and become a child of God. So in this series, we've looked at identity. We've talked about uh, different elements of our identity. And today, what I want to talk about is how our identity is shaped in community. Our identity is shaped in community. There are over 59 times in, in the New Testament where we see the phrase, one another. 59 times where we see the phrase, one another. I'm not going to go through all of them this morning, but here are some of them. Be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, instruct one another. When you come together and eat, wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Serve one another in love. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed 
by each other. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Do not lie to each other. Bear with each other. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. Build each other up. Encourage one another daily. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Live in harmony with one another. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. How many can see this theme that's there, that our lives as followers of Jesus are not meant to be done in isolation, but instead in community? And part of how we determine who we are is in this community. And so as you've turned to Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start reading in verse number 19. Here's what it says. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us, open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. In this passage, we see uh, two senses and then three exhortations. And the first sense has everything to do with what Jesus has done. Since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, right? How many know that salvation is a free gift? Right, for us, it's a free gift. We don't earn it, we can't pay for it. There's nothing that we can do on our own to earn salvation, but salvation is not free. Jesus shed his blood so that we might be saved. So for us, it's free, but there was a great cost that Jesus paid so that we could have forgiveness of sins and right standing with him. And so we see, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, his sacrifice on the cross. So that's the first sense. The next sense we see right there in verse number 21 is this, since we have a great priest over the house of God. So because of what Jesus has done, and we have this great high priest we have these two senses and then three exhortations about this. The first exhortation is that we would draw near. The first exhortation is that we would draw near. The second is that we would hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And lastly, let us consider how to stir one another up. Let us stir one another up. So the first one is this, let us draw near 
with a true heart. Do you all realize this morning that God knows everything? Will you just shake your heads yes? If you don't know this, this is a revelation and a word from God for you this morning. He knows everything. He absolutely knows everything about you. There's nothing hidden. And what blew my mind about this passage is as we think about the fact that God knows everything about us, here's his invitation, right right here. Verse number 22, let us draw near. Y'all, that's crazy. That when God knows every single thing about us, he wouldn't push us away. He wouldn't try to ignore us or forget about us. Instead, there's an invitation for us to draw near. And in that invitation is an invitation for us to draw near with a true heart. With a true heart. Over the past few weeks, Pastor Madison has been preaching this powerful series to the youth called Masquerade. She's talked about the mask that people wear and the reason why people wear masks ultimately at the core is because they want to find a place of belonging and a group to be a part of. And the invitation that we see from God in Hebrews chapter 10 this morning is that we would lay down the mask We don't have to approach him with some kind of pretense or some kind of, we don't have to present our way, uh, a special way to God. Instead, he's saying, draw near to me. I already know everything about you. Lay down the mask this morning and with your true heart, approach me. This week, as I prepared for this message, I was sitting in a public place and I was sitting at a table that I knew what it was made of, and on the top of it had this beautiful, smooth finish. And I didn't have to, in the restaurant, flip the table over and look at the bottom of it to see what it was made of. I didn't have to awkwardly bend down under the table and people wonder, did I need a piece of gum that bad (laughs) to discover what the table was made out of? I knew that underneath this beautiful facade was pieces of sawdust and chunks of wood that had been pressed together and glued together and then put some pretty finish on top of it. I knew what it was made out of, and it was made to look like something that it wasn't. And I just want to tell you that this morning, our lives are not the sum of all of these moments of dust and wood particles glued together and God just putting some kind of pretty finish on top of it. And so there are some of us who have purchased these garbage things that are made out of press wood that look nicer than what they are. And when you move it, how many know what happens? It crumbles to pieces. I can't tell you how many desks and bookshelves and all of the unfortunate times that we've moved around this city that have gone to the landfill because of something that looks stronger than what it was. And I just want to tell you this morning that God is not interested in leaving us fragile and brittle with some kind of laminate on top of it. I think a better and more accurate picture of what God's doing in our lives is a a blacksmith analogy. How many of you have ever seen Forged in Fire? Okay, I got some of your attention now. I used to watch it. and, And so here's, I think, a better picture. Is in this show, they would take multiple pieces of steel and they would stick it in the furnace and they would warm it up, heat it, not warm it up, they would heat it up like crazy and then they would bring it out and what would they do? 
They would pound on that piece of steel until all of those pieces came together to be one thing. And there were two phrases that would happen. They were always making some kind of weapon, some kind of sword or some kind of knife. And as they would run these tests, one of the things that everybody wanted to hear was this phrase, this blade will cut. Right? You know, it would slice through something. And so they would hear that. And at the end, they would have this project that they would have to do where, again, they've taken all of this steel and they've forged it and they've made it into this powerful weapon. And they would put this weapon through a gruesome test. They tried to destroy the weapon. And at the end of that competition, there was a phrase that everybody wanted to hear, and here was the phrase, this, blood will, this, this blade will kill. This blade will kill. I just want to tell you this morning that God is heating us up. He's shaping us and he's forming us to be a weapon, not to attack each other, but to attack the principalities and the dark forces in this world and to emerge victorious. Right, And so some of you think that this beating and this pressing and all of this is bad. I'm just telling you that God desires for us to live victorious lives and put a punishing on the enemy. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Man, what a powerful picture that God knows everything that we've done. So sometimes, uh, how many of you have ever done something that you just had an immense amount of guilt afterwards that you just, it just ate you alive, right? Like, okay, a few of us, I think all of us really, we think back even to our childhood. There are moments that we had as kids where we did things and the guilt was just overwhelming and overwhelming. And when we finally, when it was either discovered or when we finally said something about it, it was like relief happened. Right? And maybe for some of you, you've got this guilt for something that took place at work and in the moment when it was brought to light to the supervisor, now it's been lifted. Or maybe for some of you in relationships. And I just want to tell you that this is what God desires for us, that we would remove the masks on our lives and that we would present everything to him with a true heart and allow him to work on our hearts. He wants to cleanse us from guilt and to wash us with pure water. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins to him, that he's faithful and just to forgive us. So we draw near. Secondly, we hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Come on, Mackenzie, he's faithful. Y'all sing about it this morning. And so we don't let go when the fire heats up, when we face temptation, when we face battles, when we face all of this. We don't let go. We don't give in to the enemy. Instead, we continue to hold on. We hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, again, because he is faithful. Finally, in verse number 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. What this passage is not talking about when it says stirring things up is not like what some of you do at your family gatherings when you know the temperature of the room and you just walk in and drop a bomb on it just to stir things up, right? In our family, it looks like this, where everybody's having a good time. And then somebody just says something. And so my response is, why, why are you trying to stir crap up? Like, right? I mean, we're having a good time. Like, why are you doing this? This is not what the Bible's saying. It's not saying, hey, if everybody's having a good time, why don't you stir some stuff up? 
right? Instead, this is what it says. Let us consider how to stir one another up for what? It says for love and good works. Let us stir one another up for love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as some is in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's not just to stir things up for the sake of stirring things up, but instead as we help people see their, their identity that they have in Christ, that we would recognize those things and encourage those things. How many of you have ever felt encouragement at, at a deep heart level? Like somebody said something to you that just completely caught you off guard. How many know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I would love to know what that's like. I've never experienced that. Can I just tell you this morning that in order for us to give deep encouragement beyond surface level stuff, right, instead of just walking up to somebody and going, wow, your freshly head shaved looks amazing. Your freshly shaved head, not head, yes, you, I caught it, good, I'm glad we, glad we fixed that. Your speech is so amazing, right, instead of the surface level stuff, what this passage is talking about and stirring up and encouraging is not surface level stuff, it's deep heart stuff. It's the kind of encouragement that comes only when we are known by others and we know them. And so maybe there are some of you here this morning who've never had that deep heart encouragement from somebody else. And I would just propose to you this morning that it might be because you've not remove the mask that you wear around everybody and you've not been vulnerable enough to be known because you've got this mask on because you're scared that if, if the mask is removed that somebody's gonna see you for who you are, that you're scared or your insecurities or your fear or whatever's in your life and I just wanna encourage you this morning to let the mask down, to know others and be known by them. I preached this message in first service, and I've got this tension about sharing this text message, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. I preached this message talking about deep heart encouragement, and I stepped off the stage, and I received this text message from a minister friend of mine who had no idea what I was preaching on this morning. Absolutely no idea. And this is what he said, brother, I want to tell you today just how amazed I am at you. I remember well our conversations 12 years ago when I'm barely through the initial waves of my divorce and talking with you at this event. I'm grateful that of all the times that we had together out of those trips, your questions, humility to learn and grow along with a passion for the kingdom, he says, I was impacted. My friend, I've seen you a passion, have a passion for excellence in his kingdom. I love that you are serious as a heart attack when it comes to kingdom growth and free with life, ready to celebrate your kids' victories, jump in a lake or laugh at me until you're crying. And that's the story. We broke into the Unidome. I said, let's race from the 50-yard line to the end zone. And we're racing and we're neck and neck. And then literally at the 10-yard line, he face plants, gets rug burn on his face and has to preach that Sunday. That's what he's talking about when he says to laugh at him uh, until I'm crying. 
He said, as I continue to coach and train folks from Iowa, your name continues to come up. Your influence, leadership, and discipleship of people is being seen well outside of Waverly. Everyone has been impacted by you. Rave about how you see in them something more than they see in themselves. You were a kind voice in my life through some dark seasons. Finally, my friend, it's an honor to call you a friend and be so blessed that our lives have connected. As you minister today, I pray others saw in you what I see blessings. Can I tell you that's not a surface level encouragement that I received this morning. That's a deep heart level encouragement that I received. And the reason why I received that deep heart level encouragement is because I know this man and he knows me. I walked with him through the darkest season of his life. And we have mourned each other's losses and we've celebrated each other's wins. And I just want to tell you this morning that this is, the, this is what God is calling us to do in this passage to draw near to him, to hold fast, and to stir up this gift in other people and encourage them. Finally, in verse number 26, it's not going to appear on the screen. Jesus knows everything about us, and as he knows everything about us, he gives us an invitation to draw near. And when we draw near to him, just because he knows everything about us doesn't mean that we have permission to continue to live there. The invitation is to draw near and to receive the work that Christ did on the cross for us, that we could not only have forgiveness of past sins, but we could have freedom from future sins, right? From present and future sins. And here's what it says in verse number 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. This morning, there are some of you, I don't know all of your stories, there's no way that I could. But I can just, I, I just know that in this room there are some of you who come on, come into this room with masks. With masks that your life is all in order, that your faith is at a level that it's not at, that your marriage is at a level that it's not at, that your relationship with your kids is at a level that it's not at. And you show up on a Sunday morning and you present one way. And you know that when you leave here and when you get in the car, it was all just a show. And the word of God this morning from Hebrews chapter 10 is this, is that you would lay down the mask. And that you would draw near to him with a true heart, and I'm just telling you that God's commitment to you is to not leave you where he found you. And so today I believe that there are some of you who are going to experience freedom. That you're gonna have the courage to lay down the mask, to approach God with a true heart, to confess your sins to him and allow him to forgive you of your sins. I'm gonna ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there's some of you who've come in today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior and you say, today I wanna enter into a relationship with him. Or maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with him but you've turned your back on him 
You say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. One, two, three. You can put them down. Are there others this morning? Four, five. You can put it down. Are there others this morning? Can we stand all across this room? There were at least five hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And if you raised your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you raise your hand, we wanna encourage you along in the decision that you've made today in the journey that God wants to take you on. If you'll text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Text the word yes to 319-250-8998. The worship team's about to lead us in another song. Those from the prayer team will be coming up to the front on each side. And we leave time at the end of each service that if you've come here today needing prayer for anything, as soon as they begin to sing this song, I would encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. I wanna pray over us today. And I would just encourage you, if, if this message has spoken to your heart, and today you're tired of playing games and you're tired of wearing the mask and you're just ready for God to do some deep heart work in you, I just wanna encourage you to do the work today. Have the courage to talk to him about it, even in this moment. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that even when you know everything about us, you extend an invitation for us to draw near. God, we're grateful that you don't leave us in the, in the pit, that you don't leave us in the muck and the mire, but instead that you deliver us out of it. And so this morning, I pray for those that are stuck in a life of sin today, who've been wearing a mask as, as if everything's okay spiritually. I pray that today the mask would be put aside, that they would have a conversation with you where they would confess our sins to you and then have a conversation with others that would help hold them accountable, somebody to help encourage them along the way to stir up a, a, a desire and a passion for holiness in their lives. God, I pray that for those who the blinders have just covered their eyes, eyes to the gospel, that this morning those blinders would be lifted. Lord, I pray for those whose hearts are absolutely dark and evil who've come in today or who are watching online who've been turned over uh, to, to wickedness. And God, I pray that today would be a day where this mask that everything is together and okay would be put off. And Lord, the vilest of people would surrender their hearts and their lives to you. God, I pray that you would help us to do the deep heart work in each of our lives. That you would give us the courage to be known by others and to know others so that we could give deep, encouraging words to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.